Hello, Mainspring friends. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'm Kristen Perlmutter. And I'm Dr. Jenna Flowers. And as always, thanks so much for tuning in. We really love having these important conversations with professionals in the world of parenting and wellness and the support of all our Mainspringers. You're just incredible. Speaking of which, this is our 47th episode. Yay! Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> and we definitely have a great guest lined up today. Our guest today is someone who I admire a great deal and who's doing very important work with teen girl empowerment. And um, I met Andy through a mutual friend, and I reached out to her when um, Mainspring was putting on our own tween girl empowerment retreat and you were so generous and and gave us um, some journals to use and I just was really taken aback by what your what your organization what your foundation is doing to help to help uh, teen girls yeah and empowering our teen girls is just so key to um, creating strong women for the future so super exciting to have Andy here today um, and we're going to be talking about bullying and the rise of suicide and the proliferation of bullying via social media, all such Im- important parts. Uh, and sadly, so much that, you know, our, our kids are aware of these things. Yeah. You know, it's in their schools. It's in their conversations. And so we really want to shine a light on that today. Yeah. Well, we can't wait to hear Andy's inspirational story. Thanks for listening. This is Mainspring Family Wellness, where transformation takes root. This podcast is for parents pursuing both personal growth and family wellness. We will cover relevant topics that help us reflect, make educated choices, and parent effectively. My name is Kristen Perlmutter. I'm an educator, a philanthropist, and a mother of three who is passionate about personal growth and seeing families at their optimal wellness. And I'm Dr. Jenna Flowers a marriage and family therapist, author of The Conscious Parents' Guide to Co-Parenting, speaker, and mother of three. Well, welcome, Andy. It's so good to have you here. Thank yeah. you. So great to be here. Yeah, thank you for being on our show. We can't wait to hear from you, hear what you've got to share with us. So, Andy, let's go ahead and start with your story. Tell us about your personal experience with bullying and how did you overcome those experiences? Sure. So I first experienced cyberbullying when I was in sixth grade, and this is when we still had dial-up internet. That was new, and I remember logging on to dial-up internet, and there was a website at the time called School Scandals, and people could write whatever they wanted, create usernames, and someone wrote a username, Andy is a loser, and wrote things about my clothes, how I was dressing weird, and that I was a poser and a loser. And it was really difficult to go through, especially navigating the internet first of all, and then also not knowing who was writing this and seeing that. So very confusing to navigate that as a middle schooler. And as a, uh, I was in sixth grade. And so I also looked I f- for resources on what could help me grow through this or overcome it. And I didn't find a lot of that. I found a lot of anti-bullying resources and bullying prevention at the time. So I just tried my best to shake it off and keep going and I had a good group of friends, and and they provided support through that time, too. 
And then it happened again when I was at a different school and it was a different website. It was called uh, Anonymous College Board. And same concept, someone wrote Andy Long, Discuss, and then they wrote really terrible and mean things, Mm. um, including she looks fat, she's ugly, she looks like a raccoon digging in the trash. Um, Mm. It was really, and just these awful names. Um, How did you come to find mm -hmm. out about these anonymous boards and and this was brought to your attention. Yeah, so this was around 2008 and it was a part of the culture a little bit. Mm-hmm. You just knew that they existed and um you could go and check them basically. So it was just common knowledge um and I know that now I think it's well, I think there's still websites, but there are also other platforms now um where it can be designed to be anonymous where you can talk freely about other people um, and a lot oftentimes it can be negative so yeah so it was really challenging both times I think it really affects your self-identity your sense of Mm self-worth and very confusing I think the worst part was believing those things that other people have said about you that you're insecure about Mm -hmm. it really just connects and Um, I had a tough time. So I almost did a self-isolation quarantine for myself. And, you know, I spent a lot of time inside just believing those lies. And it was a really hard time. What helped me to overcome was I was invited to a church at the time. And um, I heard this quote and they said they tried to bury us, but they didn't know that we are seeds. And it gave me this visual representation of adversity or rising above from adversity and growing through what you go through. And it really connected with me. And I I took that to heart. I also just started getting more plugged into community and doing acts of service and and learning more about what it means to to grow from, from challenging experiences. And it came pretty naturally, but I just... Yeah, one step at a time. Um, chose to chose to go towards the light and keep going, um, and then eventually I was I realized that these are really impactful lessons that we can pass along. Um, so mm-hmm. that's such a beautiful quote. Is that was that mm-hmm. how you came up with the name Bloom yes. Foundation? Okay, so tell us a yes. little bit about your mission and mm-hmm. how you came to start the foundation. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, I think. Even growing up at a young age, you just, the word bullying, you realize it's, you know, we have assemblies about it. We have anti-bullying posters and um, it's just very common. But the I, I noticed there's just a lack of um, the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Like if you've experienced it, if you're going through it or if you are a bully, like what are the resources and how do you, and, and also connecting that with social emotional learning which is so important because I think it's the root and uh, the cause, but it's just so tied together. But I felt like there's been a bit of a disconnect in the education and school system. So bridging that was really important. So um, I was sharing my story with a group of people and it just kind of dawned on me that it still doesn't, it's still not connected yet and why not you why not step into this space if you're not seeing it still Mm -hmm. so that's why I started it and and then from there our mission is to help girls overcome 
bullying by building their emotional resilience mm. and uh, learning emotional intelligence skills so that they can grow um, and overcome. Yes. Wonderful. So needed. I guess I want to talk a little bit about bullying mm-hmm. and what that word means. I mean, it's, it's such a loaded term, right? right? And I think it maybe gets misused at times and uh, maybe it's not used accurately. So I just wanted to, to you know, speak to that and, and see what both of you think about the word bully. What does it mean to you? What mm-hmm. is it? Yeah. How would you yeah. define it? Yeah. So there's a legal definition and also a psychological definition. Mm. The legal definition is what we're likely all familiar with, and we can Google it really quickly. Um, It's defined as an imbalance of power, intention to cause harm, repeated over time. So that's the legal definition of bullying um, and something that we can all, I guess those are the criteria that make up bullying. What do you think it's not? Nowadays, yeah. because I think that sometimes it's an overused word. Yes. You know, and mm. I I noticed that we're kind of raising children that can be a little thin skinned, though, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is always going to say things in a kind way because right. you're a child, you know, right. like and they don't have a filter <laughs> and they don't have a filter. <laughs> right. And and then we've just deemed this kid as as a bully when maybe it isn't always fully persistent. Right. You know, and, and somebody's like really seeking after to to hurt or persecute somebody. Right. But they just say something kind of snarky. Yeah. Um, and now we've become even a little more covert, like for, you know, what Andy's talking about, where people are using social media to do yeah. it because they feel like, oh, I don't have to have the accountability of looking somebody in the face and actually saying it. I mm-hmm. can just say it and slide it in, right. in on the backside, right. which is really sad. I mean, I do sad. recall... Um, this isn't a bully situation. I do recall uh, a girl that I worked with years ago who didn't want to go to the prom with somebody. Mm. And she goes, well, can I just Facebook him and let him know? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's this whole there's this whole disconnect. Even, you know, I mean, even dating and, you know, building new relationships. It's like you kind of have this protective layer of the of the internet or um, of social media to protect you from really being your authentic self. And so you can hide behind that, which to me just really shows weakness. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting because I think that kids are getting labeled as bullies that maybe don't deserve it. And kids are saying they're being bullied and maybe... Maybe it's just that somebody wasn't kind, like to your point, Jenna, maybe somebody wasn't kind to them that day. So as a parent, it's hard to know the difference. And I think in my mind, I would think that if something was happening repeatedly or felt Mm -hmm. like it was premeditated and planned out, I would be, you know, a little more concerned rather than the one-off little snarky comments that kids make towards each other. Does that seem like it fits sort of the definition that you gave? So I think that what's happening is there's it's aggression, like mm-hmm. acts of aggression and, and social aggression can be confused for bullying. But if we once we label the word bully, it does become heavier mm-hmm. and more serious. But it could be acts of aggression that need to be also addressed, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. But I think that def- that um, 
one thing we can do is be more objective with mm-hmm. instances yeah. and and labeling those instances as they are rather than blanketing it with this is bullying. Yeah, I'm, I want to talk a little bit about what if your kid is the aggressor or the one doing the bullying? Right. And, and that's a good, you know, aggressor, um, I think, is the shift, too, that people are making um, from aggressor and then target instead okay. of bully and victim, because those those words can be pretty intense and, and label um, but so if your child is the aggressor, what's interesting that I just learned is that bullying has, has been around since the beginning of time. And, um, you know, it's, it's really asserting dominance in, in social places, but it's the intent to harm, I think, that, that makes it more of the bully. Mm-hmm. So addressing that intent, like why, you know, being... Asserting dominance isn't necessarily a bad thing, but discovering and going deeper into what is that intent and why why you're you're wanting to to do that and to 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 have harm be on someone else. So again, I think therapy is really helpful mm-hmm. to to do that. I think it's easy to be defensive in in those instances where you're instantly like no, you know, in denial, but. Uh, looking at it objectively, seeing the instance and identifying, you know, what and, and redirecting to mm. um, and and calling out um, maybe how they could improve and use the skills that they have. If it is leadership to create a kinder world, um, oh, I just had another thought, too. Oh, is that um, hurt people hurt people, which we've yeah, heard often. Sure. So just identifying what what might have happened. Um, and, and, you know, with children, I think it can all, often be a, some kind of cycle yes. where, where it's coming in and then going out. I do think kids have gotten a little better uh, recognizing that. I notice my girls will say things sometimes like, well, she must be really insecure and be really sad if right. she's saying those things. And I'm like, yes, that's, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. So I love that kids seem to have a little better grasp of w- compassion and mm-hmm. understanding why that person might be mm-hmm. being unkind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's oftentimes not so black and white. Yeah. Which I think we sometimes want to do as well just to simplify, which is why I think the terms bully and victim have been so used, you know, mm-hmm. for so, so long. Um, and so I do think that shift is that's that I am hoping will happen um, in this world will make it a little less black and white, a little mm-hmm. less category. You fit in the good, you fit in the bad. Um, yeah. Something Brooks Gibbs is talking about is describing this as as conflict, which I don't know, you know, there's also lines between like true bullying and conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, it, that is showing just how to look at it more objectively, yeah. where where people are in conflict and contributing different things to, to the issue, um, whereas it's not so much, you know, one person is, is the true aggressor and yeah. then with the, the others, the true victim, if yeah. that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Thank Andy, you. do you have any stories of some some from some yeah. kids that have graduated from your program? Yes. So I mentioned the letter to yourself activity. So that's what we end with too, um, to kind of recap what they've learned. So I'll pull one up right now and read it to you. So it says, Dear me, 
Don't forget to be kind, forgiving, and caring. You are always so nice, so stay that way. And don't forget to love yourself for who you are and never let the judgment of others offend you. You're amazing, smart, beautiful, nice, loving, and thoughtful. Don't ever give up art and always know that your art's great no matter what people say. Um, And always remember to be kind. And another thing is that you are pretty and it doesn't matter how you dress, how you look, or how much you weigh. Always be you. Be you. Be kind. Be amazing. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So it's great. I think it, it kind of captures that emotional resilience in these letters too and it's something they can pull on and you know I think just not letting the judgment of others offend you is key and she also actually wrote P.S. never let them offend you um and I think that's kind of the goal and the the solution um because it's really difficult to completely bully proof schools Mm -hmm. or places nowadays but you can proof yourself to if it Mm -hmm. happens I'm going to be guard—I can guard my heart and guard, um, yeah, guard what comes in that really affects me. So that's kind of the work that we're we're out to do. That's very well said. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Hi there, Mainspringers. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. Hey, we want to let you know that we heard from you, and we have launched a new program called The Village. Parenting does take a village, and we definitely know that at Mainspring. That is part of the reason why we started this business, a big part of the reason. That's right. So every day we are faced with new questions, challenges, and experience as parents, and that is why we want to provide parenting coaching from the convenience of an online space. Join us on your lunch hour, Thursdays, for a live one-hour Zoom conversation on topics such as discipline strategies, social media, working with your kid's phone and technology, social relationships, sexual health, tantrums, how to repair ruptures with your kids, friendships, and a host of other issues. This is a safe forum for vibrant discussions around parenting, and you can bring your questions. I'll do as best of a job as I can to answer them and also bring other professionals into the group as well to be available to answer your questions. So register today for this ongoing subscription at MainspringFamilyWellness.com. And as always, we want to hear from you. So connect with us at info at MainspringFamilyWellness.com. We hope to see you there. Can we talk about uh, relational aggression? Because you work Mm -hmm. with a lot of teen girls and some tween girls as well then. Right. Right? And I think relational aggression is kind of the newer form of bullying that Mm -hmm. I think a lot of girls uh, end up experiencing. You know, this is anecdotal, but probably more so than guys, I would imagine. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? What are you seeing? Yes, yes. Um, It can be a lot of social exclusion or things that aren't outright said. Um, So it can be a lot more subtle, and um, therefore it's harder for for teachers, especially now that it's virtual, to pick up on. So definitely seeing different forms to move more towards seeing a new picture of bullying that doesn't fit traditional, like Mm -hmm. schoolyard bullying is what you would think. But yes, definitely seeing a rise of that, especially with social media. Um, Because I've noticed, you know, when I see some teen girls, if they see a picture posted where there was several girls that they hang out with, and they're like, I wasn't invited to that. Mm -hmm. Or my friend told me that she, you know, she couldn't because she had family plans, but now she's out with all these girls. Right. That feels like such a personal dig. Yes. You know, that um, that Mm -hmm. they weren't a part of it. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes there's also purpose behind mm. posting those pictures to kind of show certain people, like... Leave them out. Yeah, that you're being left out. You've been left out. Yeah, I mean, I feel for these girls because when we were growing up, those things happened. You got left out, but you it wasn't in your face. There was no documentation. And... Um, that that is that is tricky, but kind of what you brought up earlier, Jenna, about the like maybe our kids are their skin is t- too thin, and you know it is what it is. But it's it's like that's that's tricky to navigate. If you're going to be have your feelings hurt every weekend when you see that you're not part of something, I don't know. I just feel like then maybe you shouldn't be on social media. Well, one thing that I know that with what I'm, I've been studying a lot more about trauma recently um, mm-hmm. using Dr. Bessel van der Kolk's work, and he will continually say children that receive a lot of positive praise and encouragement early in life um, have great tools for resiliency for later. Mm. Because if you have yes. been bolstered by caregivers that say you are worthwhile you are a great kid. You're special because you're, you know, you have these skills and you grow up believing that about yourself. Yeah. You've already started to build your emotional intelligence so that when somebody, you know, that doesn't mean as much to you in the world says something stupid, yes. you can you can slough that off. It can bounce off it you. It can bounce off you. Yeah. Well, it sounds like that's what you guys are teaching girls at the Bloom Foundation. What mm-hmm. what type of program programming do you offer for mm-hmm. these girls that might be in these situations? Yes. Yes. Thank you. I love that. That's so true. I think the solution is to build up that emotional resilience mm. so that when this happens, you know how to deal with it in a productive way and and cope with it too. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. I would even say it's building up your emotional intelligence mm-hmm. about yourself so that then the byproduct of that is resiliency. Right, yeah. right, exactly. So our program, we have an eight-week program, and we walk them through uh, lessons about growing. And so each lesson is correlated with a stage of growing. So we first address maybe those negative things that have happened, and we can look at them in an an objective way and also replace them with a more meaningful truth rather than just um, maybe the story that they're telling themselves. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about hope and planning for the future, knowing that this moment will pass and um, that there's light at the end of the tunnel, they'll get through. We also mention coping skills and creating their own self-care plan for when things get tough, what are the things they like to do. Um, And then we talk about pain, turning pain into purpose. So Mm. even though you went through this hard experience, what is something you could tell your younger self or someone going through this at a younger age, how can you give back in that way? Um, Also how to spread kindness, even though maybe that's not what you're receiving. Um, You still have the option and and choice to do that and to make a difference to those around you. So how can you activate that kindness? Um, And then we just talk about um, also going a little bit deeper into if you are experiencing bullying, what might be going on with them and, and trying to find some compassion as well, or just going a little bit deeper into mm-hmm. what's, what might be behind this um, to also create some more context as well. Um, so, that yeah. sounds amazing. Are you going into schools to offer these programs? So mainly uh, organizations like Boys okay. and Girls Clubs mm-hmm. and youth organizations at this time. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, this would be such helpful work for everybody, boys and mm-hmm. girls. But mm-hmm. what type of advice um, would you give parents to mm-hmm. help build the, their daughter's self-esteem at home and their resilience, you know, especially if they're being bullied or targeted or continually left out of social gatherings? Like, What do you recommend for the parents? I think modeling some vulnerability would be mm-hmm. would be so helpful and to just bridge that connection to saying like I've experienced this in some way so you're not alone can really help open up um, their experience too to or at least to share a little bit more <clears throat> so I think modeling vulnerability I think um, there's a, a term also called post-traumatic growth mm-hmm. instead of stress and there's some great articles on that too of um, yeah providing more tools on on, on growing after after it experienced. But I'd love to hear from you too if you had um, ideas on, on connecting from parents. Well, I think first of all, <clears throat> don't put your eggs all in one basket. Mm-hmm. If you're just relying on the kids, say, at school that may be, you know, um, participating in this child feeling bullied, I would really look outside of that program to say, okay, what other clubs, what other activities can we do where you can yeah. meet other mm, other kids? Sick. Because typically, kids with good boundaries find other kids with good boundaries. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're doing a, a good job as a parent to be diligent and you know, being mindful of your child, being aware of what's what's going on with them, go out into the community because there are a lot of other great organizations in our in our Orange County area, and I'm sure in other areas, too, that are listening, and and find opportunities for your child to volunteer. Mm. Find um, projects that they can be a part of where then you're also building their self-esteem, yeah. and their self-esteem is not based on what other people are thinking about them. So Anytime good. we're over-relying on what other people are thinking about us, we're going to crash. Yeah, that's so true. Right? It creates anxiety because we're just we're we're so unsettled. Mm-hmm. We're not centered. Mm-hmm. And then I think from um, other parents that I've seen through the years, I've also really appreciated seeing them pull their kiddo aside and go take them for like a special trip, mm-hmm. just a like a mother daughter trip or a father son or something where the focus is on that child and a new experience. Yeah, like going to you know a dude ranch and learning how to take care of a horse mm. or. Um, let's go take a rescue dog and let's take care of this puppy and see how, you know, and building all these, this new skill set where they're learning something about themselves that's so outside maybe whatever slander that they've experienced. Yeah, that's that's such good advice. I feel like too, it's just, it's a little bit about going in. It's more of this internal processing rather than externally, you know, trying to figure out where you fit in or what everybody thinks about you and really going within and finding what what fills you up and makes you feel good and brings you joy. And I love that idea of finding activities that create compassion and empathy or bring you joy, like taking care of an animal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, too, like negative cognitions, like I'm a loser or there's something wrong with me or... It's because there was probably some kind of sensitivity mm-hmm. even there pr- prior mm-hmm. to believe that as well. But then yeah. when you get it continued to be repeated, then it comes uh, – then it creates a – it's a form of abuse, right? Yeah. And those those beliefs, that's what's really difficult 
is when somebody then begins to really perceive that to be true. Mm. So working with a therapist, I think, is really key for a child Mm -hmm. or a teenager that has dealt with something like this and really look at those cognitions. Mm. Like, well, what evidence do you have? And then how do we support that that isn't true? And then taking action steps to do so. Yeah. That's great. It's really it's really so good. good advice. I love the the trip too because it's you're taking yourself out of that maybe bubble mm. that you are experiencing. Um, yeah, and it really expands your perspective and and thinking. Okay, this is there's other places that I could belong or mm-hmm. I could learn more about myself. And even just going to a different place, I think, just allows that room for perspective shifts which is so important. I tell you, when I was in high school, I had the opportunity to go to Mexico to work with uh, deaf and blind children that were orphaned. And it was such an amazing, empowering experience. First of all, in terms of how small I am in the world compared to the bigness of the world and the bigness of problems. And so the application to this is we go through things in our teen years or middle school years where oh my gosh, that just feels like the entire right. world. Yeah. But then you drop yourself into a whole a third world country mm-hmm. and you're trying to do volunteer work with your family or you're working, you know, in another part of our county where there is more homelessness or um, mm-hmm. hunger issues and you're like, okay, there is there is a lot more going on here than mm-hmm. just what I'm going through mm-hmm. too. Yeah, that that shift in perspective That's again. right. That's right. Yeah. And I think it actually, if we can have a little more of that perspective, that also helps too yeah. to recognize like, you know, there is so much more than just even this moment right now that I'm going through too. I'm going to get through this. That's Absolutely. So, that's so interesting that you just share that because it just reminded me that when I was in high school, when I was 16, I went and worked at a summer camp for um, up in upstate New York for an entire summer. And it was a camp for blind people. And that was such a shift in my perspective and just, um, you know, the, the, the things that I was worried about or concerned about socially or, you know, internally, externally, and seeing um, how, how, you know, how different it is to live without your sight and how much more challenging it is. It just, it completely changed how I thought about, um, you know, social hierarchy, things that that seemed like a big deal before I left and they weren't. So that's really, you know, putting our kids in situations like that when they're at such vulnerable ages, when they're preteens, teens, I think that's really powerful. Yes, yes. Dr. Kristen Neff, she talks about Mm -hmm. self-compassion a lot. And one of the core components is common humanity and connecting to that. And when you are struggling, knowing that you're not the only one struggling and finding ways to even just assure yourself. And there's phrases that she uses like, this is a moment of suffering and this Mm -hmm. is how it feels when you suffer. And that can just really also connect you with, okay, I'm not the only one who is going through a hard time yeah. or just feeling really bad. And, and these experiences that you're, you're describing, too, can really put that into practice as well. Mm-hmm. And um, just connecting to common humanity and, and how we're all imperfect. We all struggle and, and go through hard things, but we're not alone. And um, so I think self-compassion is a huge tool as well that we can impart um, on, on ourselves and on teens. 
That's been my favorite quote lately from Glennon Doyle. We can do hard things. We can do hard things. So teaching our kids that is so important. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that you've created a space for girls to come together that are like-minded and have the same goals because that's, you know, creating – and we try to do that a little bit at Mainspring too, just creating like a tribe, you know, a a village, um, bringing people together that really have a common – goal, a common um, shared experience, shared experiences, morals, values. It's mm-hmm. so important to find your people, to find your right. tribe. Right. So especially now, you know, yeah. when we, we did go through periods of isolation and I think it really hit teens hard too. Yes, definitely. Um, so yeah, creating those safe spaces where you can process together, grow together, because it is, it's a, it's easier and better when you do it together rather than alone. Absolutely. And you know, I think it's important to acknowledge that for some of our, our teens and tweens that are out there, it's very possible that you're not going to find your tribe in high school. Mm-hmm. True. And it's, it may be later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just know that there is a tribe. Yeah. Yes. You know, that, and perhaps the journey might feel a little lonely, but that also gives you opportunity to discover something else about yourself in the process like or that. to grow in a different way for you. Um, so it's just, I think it is important that sometimes that just isn't the reality for yeah. some of our kiddos. Mm-hmm. They just, they aren't able to connect with a clique mm-hmm. or, or a grouping and that uh, longing to belong. Is, you know, we all have that. We're all wired to want to belong. Yes. So it's so understandable. And that's why I think as parents, we can navigate and try to find other resources, but we can't do the work for them either. Yes. Right. And so then when we're left with that, how do you help your child still on their journey mm-hmm. of discovery about that? And how can you build other resources or help navigate them towards those resources for themselves? Yeah, and I just want to say, too, I think also, you know, letting kids know that a tribe doesn't mean a lot of people. A tribe can be a, a really good friend or yeah. two really good friends, and that's, real, you know. Oh, for sure. Because I think there's sometimes this idea that I have to be in the this cool clique that's got 20 mm. kids that, that are a part of it. No, that doesn't really only – and we know that more as we grow. Like, you – you know who your people are, and it actually gets a little smaller as you get older, but that's okay because that's all you need. Mm-hmm. I have a, a dear colleague who works with a lot of kids on the spectrum, and she will say, if you can at least find one friend, mm, yeah. one friend, that makes all the difference in their sense of belonging. Yeah, I love yes. that. Yes. I love that. And that's the advice we get a lot from when we talked – or at least for me, when I read about older people in their lives, like 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. they're like, you you need a handful yep. of people that you can trust and, and are your good friends. But I think relating that back to just, you know, when you're a teen and you, you do, you think, oh, it has to be bigger. But but listening to that wisdom from, from mm-hmm. older people can be really helpful. And I don't, this might be an interesting practice, but to be able to write a letter from your older self to you currently yeah. might help, again, that perspective and connecting yeah. that. But I like I that. Agree. Mm-hmm. So tell us, Andy, how can people find find you, the Bloom Foundation? Do you have any um, programming coming up that people might be um, interested in signing yeah. up? Yes. So we'll have an online community platform so we can you can find your tribe um, <laughs> online and join us on Instagram. Follow us along. That's mainly it. And then if you're interested in bringing a program to an after school program, please connect with us, too. That 
would be great. That's great. Thank you so much for the work you're doing. I mean, this is this is really important work. And um, I wish that I had access to something like this when I was a teenager because you do you do need a place to feel connected and and that you belong. So thank you. Thank yeah, thanks you. so much. Thank you for having me. Wow, that was such an incredible conversation that um, I learned so much about. I, you know, I have two 13-year-old daughters that are really in this right now. Well, you know what? I really liked how she was educating us on how bullying is changing, yeah. that we're moving to an aggressor target definition of it versus just this blanket statement of bullying and what that's meant to so many of us for generations. I like that we're switching that up and and have a better understanding of it because I also like the idea that we're not naming somebody a victim after they've experienced something too because a victim label always sounds disempowering to me versus being a survivor or, you know, how do you... How do you navigate that and move through it and, and build a life after? Yeah, and it makes me think, too, about how as parents, we we bring in some of those ideas from our childhood and maybe experiences that we have, and we can often project those onto our children. Oh, absolutely. And kind of maybe even tell them that they're a victim or that they're the bully and um, based on our ideas about things that happened when we were growing up. So we have to be really careful about changing the the conversation that's well said i agree well as always find us online at mainspringfamilywellness.com and follow us on instagram at mainspringfamily thank you so much connor here at gold pacific studios our illustrious engineer and cindy murray our producer we so appreciate you mainspring audience listeners and uh please share with a friend as well and Uh, subscribe on iTunes, press the like button, let people know that, that you like us out there, and we'll see you on the next episode.